0: And we are ready once again, folks. This is episode two of The Conspiracy Farm. I'm Jeffrey Wilson, and of course, my co-host. What's up, Pat?
1: How you doing, Jeffrey? Good to, uh, good to be with you again, buddy.
0: Hey, we are doing fantastic. And, you know, again, we are trying to bring the heat as it relates to the the conspiracies of the world, if you will. And uh, what are we sprinkling a little water on again this week, Mr. Melitich?
1: You know, Jeff, it, there's been so much. It just keeps popping up, and, I, and both of you and I have talked about this the, the vaccines, what's, what's causing all these problems, the, the, the doctors, mysterious deaths. I'm, I'm really confused about a lot of it. I'm, I'm a layman in terms of this, the science behind these vaccines and what's in them, number one, but also because 14 years ago when my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, my wife being a chiropractor said to me, and I'm, I'm the son of a nursing director at a hospital across the river at the time, and grew up thinking that vaccines were the way that life just it just was that way. Everyone got vaccinated, and my wife said, listen, um, do your own research. I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm not going to debate you right now. Just go do your own research, mm-hmm. study it, and then come back and talk to me with, with a level head, go into it with an open mind, and, and I did. And when I got done with the research after about a week of really reading extensive stuff on it, I went to my wife and I said, "We're not, we're not allowing any vaccines to go into our into our daughter's body." And mm. and I felt that strongly about it. And over the years, I've been harassed. I've been harassed by friends. I've got friends who are very high up in pharmaceutical companies. Um, who you know, do I really want my kid playing with your kid, Pat? You know that that type of stuff. And so you know, I'm really happy that that Jeff, you've you've got a good friend who's an expert in in the field and and can enlighten me on on, uh, on the deci- decisions that, that my wife and I made.
0: Well, and it's, it's a very kind of big, encompassing uh, subject, and we do have an expert on. Um, he is the head of Wolfson Integrative Cardiology. He is Dr. Jack Wolfson. He is also the author of The Paleo Cardiologist out of Phoenix, Arizona. Dr. Jack Wolfson, you are joining us today to hopefully shed a bit of light on this subject, which can... Include information, misinformation, disinformation, and patch the layman. A lot of people are the layman like myself. We just need a good, comprehensive, good few answers on what is in this stuff. And with the controversial movie that I guess was pulled from the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, Vaxxed, there's so much controversy behind this, Doctor. What's going on? How are you doing, first of all?
2: Uh, I am doing absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful day out here in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and it's a pleasure to be talking to you, Jeff, and of course, Pat, about such a very important subject. It's extremely controversial. It's very polarizing. It's like religion and politics. You kind of get people on the extreme of one side or the other, and we'll try and make sense of it because it's all about the children and how we can best protect our children
0: in within that making a very informed decision like pat said it's been like lore we all just have kind of known throughout time just get your vaccinations get your vaccinations in anymore it or it's been throughout time there's been this stigma with it pat was just talking about it he gets harassed by people who you know like you said, i said my kid gonna play with your kid And these decisions are often made by just going off of what everybody kind of has done in the past without doing the diligent research of this things we know at this thing we know as vaccines. It says on the inserts, as we know, the Marisol, which is a, a byproduct of mercury, is in there. Aluminum, formaldehyde, MSG. I mean, it's just something. Do we really want to be giving our kids this? And I just I don't understand. Is there say are there say, safe vaccines? In are there safe vaccines?
2: Well, here, here the reality is that you know what medicine is really. One of the tenets of medicine that it's is founded the, on is the informed consent doctrine, where you tell a patient the risks of a procedure or a drug or a vaccine, the benefits of drug procedure or vaccine and the alternatives to those but in the case of vaccines the patients are not getting told that information it's just as you said taken as kind of medical gospel that this is the way it is this is the way to do it and nobody asks any questions but when you do look at the benefits you do look at the risks and you look at alternatives A lot of people will think differently, but what happened was in 1986, a federal law was passed that basically made it so the pharmaceutical industries that make the vaccines and the doctors who provide the vaccines were totally free from any liability or recourse from damage done from vaccines. So what that basically has meant is that, well, the doctors don't care to tell you what's in the package insert, and you don't have to sign a document that says, hey, you understand the risk, benefits, and alternatives. And because of that, damage can go on, and it's not being looked at as appropriately as it
0: should. I'm sorry,
1: Jeffrey, that right away jumps into my head when the doctor mentions this law that was passed. Now there is a vaccine settlement court that exists. Am I not, am I not correct on that doctor?
2: Yeah, there is a vaccine settlement court and it is, uh, it's, it's paid out over $3 billion over the course of its existence. But if you talk to parents who have been through that, they say it's very difficult. It's very cumbersome. The, uh, the money, monetary awards are small. It's just you know, it's just not done the right way. It's not done the American constitutional way, where everybody is entitled to uh, legal recourse. Uh, you know, if you uh, fall off a ladder or you spill hot coffee on yourself, uh, if you get injured from a vaccine, it is very difficult to go after the, um, uh, you know, the man. You can't go after the manufacturers at all, and. It would be nice, maybe we would find out the truth or find out some more information if people were allowed to sue a vaccine manufacturer for vaccine-induced damage.
1: Yeah, and so basically what you're saying is if they were actually allowed to do that, the pharmaceutical companies would be bankrupt.
2: Uh, it's, honestly it looks that way and of course they're going to say well it's for the greater good and that's why they took it out of the hands in 1986 but i think they took it out of the hands uh, for a multitude of reasons and uh, you know mostly it's going to be the vaccine manufacturers went to congress and cried uh and said hey you know what we don't want to we don't want to deal with the research we don't want to do this we know that they're beneficial wink wink uh and uh, <laughs> and it was gone and and you know they took away our
0: rights well again when it goes I mean that's just crazy just that when they just are absolved of any liability that's just that's that's insane um, So getting into what exactly vaccines are we understand what the function is, but a lot of times people don't get where exactly the physical science where they come from. A lot of these things are are taken they're made from cows, monkeys, pigs, you know fetal tissue, aborted fetal tissue how what, how are these things? Brought about. How do you make a vaccine, if you will? And is that true that they're they're harvested from some of these like not very cool places, you know, monkeys and animals, et cetera?
2: No, the answer is that's all. That's all certainly true. Uh, you know, the the medium that they grow the virus and bacteria on is just like you said. That can come from aborted fetal tissue, any human tissue, monkey tissue, uh, bovine, porcine, you name it. And then, of course, they throw in uh, other things that help to prevent bacteria from growing inside of the uh, of the vaccine itself. So it's a sterile uh, solution. Uh, and antibiotics can be put in there. Formaldehyde can be put in there for those purposes. And then there's other things that help stimulate the immune system, right? That's the whole idea, to create an immune response against the virus or bacteria that you're trying to, uh, eradicate or protect against, and that's where things like aluminum come in. And aluminum mm-hmm. is a tremendous immunostimulator. Well, what is going on in society with all of the autoimmune conditions that are happening? The yes, arthritis and the autoimmune thyroid disease known as Hashimoto's. Even coronary yep. artery disease has a large immune, uh, you know, uh, a component. And I actually recently wrote a paper for. The, uh, from Nat- for Natural News. It was an article on Natural News and how I linked aluminum to uh, elevated cholesterol levels and subsequent coronary artery disease. And the link is very easy to make. And then if you look at the hepatitis B vaccine of which newborn babies get three doses of the aluminum-containing vaccine, the hepatitis B, that is 1 billion billion aluminum atoms times three injections. It's a number that we can't even fathom. And aluminum has no physiologic role in the body. It only disturbs the body and things and functions of the body. And we're injecting that into newborn babies. And to think that we have the long-term research, of course we don't. Those studies are done. They look at six weeks time three months time it's a short-term evaluation what are we doing to these kids Hmm. in in the in the intermediate term when they reach you know teenage years reproduction we have no idea we're we're experimenting on,
1: on children is what we're doing right and so you know talking to my wife before before this podcast doctor you know she had some questions she said I want you to ask some questions for me and I said absolutely and she said you know, the first question she had for you was, why are there so many shots all of a sudden for children between the age of zero and two? What What is the purpose of all of these shots? It's it's a it's a huge amount.
2: I mean, you have to say that the, the company in line of which they would use is say, well, you know, we want to get them early. We want to get them while they're a captive audience. Because anybody would say, why would you give a hepatitis B shot to a newborn? Hepatitis B is a viral infection that one would get from sleeping with uh, prostitutes or intravenous drug use.
0: Right, right. And even
2: even then, guys, that situation is already for a sickly person. So if you are an IV drug user or do engage in illicit behaviors, you likely have some other immune system problems going on. If a healthy person contracts hepatitis B, if you were to uh, inject hepatitis B into me, for example, 90% of the time a healthy person would clear that hepatitis B virus, just like it clears a flu virus. Hmm. It is gone and out of the system. And that is according to the medical literature. It's just a virus, guys. It's just a virus, like, like the flu, like the measles, like uh, the common cold. It's just a virus. So anyways, they gave it to newborns because they tried to give it to at-risk population, people that's we're sleeping with prostitutes, IV drug users, and wouldn't you believe it? Those people didn't want it. So they said, let's go ahead and let's get them right from the beginning. Let's give it to the newborns. And because if those are the activities to inject, that toddlers do. Right. If you're willing to inject hepatitis B vaccine into mm-hmm. newborns with all that aluminum and all the other toxic chemicals that are in that solution, you're willing to do anything.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I don't it doesn't it's just crazy trying to get your mind around all this. And isn't I read something about um how boys are often more adversely affected when it comes to, you know, side effects of vaccines because of the the thinner blood brain barrier?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of um explanations that are put forth and hypotheses that are put forth regarding boys and why do boys have a higher risk of brain injury? Why do boys have a higher risk of autism? And I, I think it's, um, uh, it's, it's certainly multifactorial, and I can't say that I have a really good handle as, as, to, as, as to what that is, um, but clearly there are other genetic markers that are linked. Uh, for example, the MTHFR677 gene, those people that have genetic polymorphisms known as SNPs, abnormalities in their genes, that do not allow the body to detoxify well, those boys, for example, have a much higher risk of autism spectrum disorders.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, I know Pat, you have uh, quite a few questions that probably parallel to a lot of other people's questions as it relates to this subject, so fire away, boss. Yeah, no, You.
1: what I'm wondering is, I've seen the number of shots go up, the vaccines go up, but I'm not sure what the number is. Just, Just for instance, in the past 20 years, doctor, Um, How many shots have been added? And what total are we at now that a person who accepts all of these vaccines, how many are they going to end up with?
2: Well, we're somewhere around 70 doses of 16 different vaccines by the time a child is 18. And what I'm often quoted as saying is, show me the study that says that 69 doses of 16 vaccines by the time a child is 18 uh, versus placebo. Show me that yeah. randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. That is the standard when it comes to medical studies. And, of course, that study does not exist. And those of us that certainly question vaccine safety uh, are, are demanding a study like that. Now, to be honest with you, I don't really care what that study would show. I, I know it would show that vaccines do injure uh, and, in some cases, do kill. But... In, in my line of thinking, I don't mind my child getting chickenpox. I don't mind my child getting measles, mumps, rubella. Heck, right. if you look according to the CDC data, 95% of children who had the polio virus had no symptoms. So I'm hmm. pretty confident that my two boys that were breastfed, home birthed, co-slept, fed organic food, and we try and keep the environmental pollutants away from them as much as possible, they're not going to be injured from polio. They're not going to be injured from any of these viruses or bacteria that, frankly, have been around the world, uh, you know, for,
1: you know, thousands, if not millions of years. Yeah. Right. So now for, for you, a, a person who has pretty much done the same thing that we've done with our kids... Uh, for the people that, that might say to you, and I'm sure that, that people have said it to you and people have said it to me, uh, which I mentioned in the opening of the show, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with my kid playing with your kid because your kid's not vaccinated and could be a carrier of the disease. How do you, how do you speak to those people and how do you explain that to people who are so, so one-sided on this issue to, to try and at least open their eyes?
2: Well, I mean, it's certainly, like I said, emotionally charged, you know, Pat, and and one thing, obviously, is that uh, a lot of these vaccine uh, uh, parents, your parents who vaccinated their children, uh, there probably is this underlying level of guilt, like, oh, wow.
1: Absolutely. I, good point.
2: Yeah. I mean, guilt is a horrible thing. I Okay. Wow. You're right. I didn't do uh, the research. I didn't ask my doctor any questions. I went into this totally blind and, huh, my Child does act kind of funny. Maybe I did do some damage to him. Well, I feel guilty about that. So you know what? Since I may have damaged my child, you're going to put your child at risk too. That's one factor, Pat. Uh, the other factor is is that I would say to that parent, if vaccines are so wonderful, your child's protected. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about my child? Well, that the contrary side of that is that vaccines are. Far from 100% per, uh, protective. There's a recent outbreak right now going on at Harvard University of the mumps, of which they have 40 cases of mumps. From what I read, they all were vaccinated. Right,
1: hmm, right. Vaccines Interesting.
2: do not work. So they, so these parents would come back and say, um, "Well, you know, you know, this, you know, we rely on on quote unquote the herd." Uh, you know, getting getting uh, vaccinated and, and herd immunity, which is all a fallacy and totally, you know, really is about uh, actual herds, like herds of cattle and buffalo and stuff like that, it has nothing to do with vaccines or, or with children. And, uh, you know, finally, I would say this, is that, you know what, if my child does have the chickenpox, we're not really coming around your kid. You know what, we're going to stay home, we're going to rest. We're going to take our vitamins. We're going to drink our, our chicken soup and our bone broth, and we're going to lay low. Just like right if the kid had, uh, you know, the flu or a common cold, we typically don't go out in public to birthday parties. So, you know, it's called common I would have, <laughs> It's called common sense. So, um, in, in reality, uh, I think those parents are misguided. And once again, we go back to that guilt factor. And that's why I wrote that post uh, to vaccine impacts that went totally viral because I called out those parents and basically said, you didn't do the research, you didn't ask the doctor, you went in there and just allowed that doctor to do whatever they wanted to your child without asking any questions. And I went on to say why they did it because, um, they're too busy with other things in their lives. They're too busy worried about their next sugar fix, or coffee fix, caffeine fix. They're too worried about their job and about making money in Facebook and how they look. Maybe they're maybe they're worried about their next love affair and and what's going on in their personal lives. But you know, so you, mom and dad, you didn't ask the questions. And all we're asking people to do, guys, is just do their research. Right. Just let yeah, me.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I would. I think that what happens with issues like this, and we won't get into all the other issues that are going on, just where people lie politically and a lot of other stances that people have in life, they get so personally wound up in their decisions and their commitments, and the almost the team that they're on, that they that they close their mind and will never never open that their mind up to any other viewpoints, and it's 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 really kind of a scary phenomenon that's going on really across the nation in terms of all of these issues, not just vaccines.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, it, it's all about education. You know, my Amazon best-selling book, The Paleo Cardiologist, uh, The Natural Way to Heart Health. <clears throat> Excuse me. In that book, you know, I, just, I, I don't say, you know, to people, hey, don't do the drugs or don't do the surgery, I put out the facts. And these are the facts. These are the benefits of the drugs. These are the risks of the drugs. These are the alternatives to the drugs. Now you're informed, now you make your own decision. The days of going to the doctor and the doctor says, well, this is the way it's going to be and my way or the highway. Those days are over. We've got the Internet. We've got books. We've got doctors that are speaking out like me. And there's hundreds of people like me. I'm not the lone soldier. You guys can call up 100 different doctors and have them on your radio show. But the reality is is that we need to have people be informed. And the Internet and the books and doctors – The information's out there. Go out there and do your research before it's too late
1: and before you're sorry. Right, and we're we're happy to have an expert on here. Go ahead, Jeffrey.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And we're so blessed to get this information. And as you said, this is a very ubiquitous conversation. It's a little bit of everywhere. Um, Doctor, I saw you had posted something the other day, and this is obviously a very topical conversation, as it has been for a long time. But over the last recent weeks, there's been a lot of uh, news about the movie Vax that got pulled from the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. I'm not sure if it got replaced, but there was a lot of controversy about it. It was featured on Good Morning America or Today. Um, I know you went and saw it, and you I think if I remember, your caption to your picture was you, you enjoyed the movie, but the conclusion you didn't particularly care for. What did you think about the movie um, and its impact on this argument? Does
2: it is it done a service or a disservice? No, I think it definitely does a service because the more people that see it, the more eyes it may be open to asking questions uh, i 'm not a filmmaker, but to me it seemed like it was it was well done. It certainly kept my interest and the interest of those people in the theater. Uh, I thought that the music was good and, and the lighting and the interviews so from a cinematography standpoint, I thought it was I thought it was a well done movie. Their conclusions were, hey, something's going on at the CDC, uh, and it needs to be investigated by Congress. Congress needs to get to the bottom of this, and there are Congress people that want to uh, uh, subpoena Dr. William Thompson of the CDC. He is featured it throughout the film, uh, and it is his voice that we hear where he is talking about fraud committed at the CDC. So, we need to get to the bottom, this isn't very important. And then yeah, other doctor. conclusions. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Other conclusions include the repealing of the 1986 uh, Vaccine Liability Act. Uh, the third conclusion is about treating the vaccines like pharmaceuticals, so studying like pharmaceuticals, regulating like pharmaceuticals, follow-up like pharmaceuticals, and I certainly agree with that. The point that I didn't agree with was Dr. Wakefield Takes the position that he always has, and his original hypothesis was, "Hey, maybe we should um, separate the measles, the mumps, and the rubella shot into three separate vaccines." He doesn't say. Now, can
0: you explain real fast who that is? Because Dr. Anthony Wakefield, he's he's been a pretty prominent person in this conversation. Explain, right, about so, Dr. Anthony.
2: So, so Dr. Uh, Andrew Wakefield. A- Andrew, I'm sorry. Yes, is a British physician who in 1998 published a a study in the journal Lancet, huge, huge medical journal. And that study uh, looked at children that were autistic and bowel, uh, you know, abdominal inflammation inside of their intestines. And he was a very, very high-ranking and well-respected British gastroenterologist. A, a, you know, a, an intestinal doctor. And his conclusion of that paper was, hey, there's something going on here. These children all have evidence of, of a lot of inflammation. It appears to have occurred after vaccination. We need to look into this. And maybe in the meantime, space out or, or separate the measles, the mumps, and the rubella. Don't give them the MMR at once. He maintains that conclusion and that opinion to this day, 18 years later. And why he maintains that and why he puts it in the movie uh, is subject to speculation that doesn't really matter to talk about now. But that was my fault with this, is that you can't space out the poisons. You can't separate the poisons. Rubella is a uh, such a simple... Benign viral infection that, in rare, rare circumstances, to a pregnant woman, could lead to a problem with a newborn baby, which is why everybody should get rubella when they're a child and not have to worry about it uh, when you're when you're an adult. But to protect against very few cases of what's called congenital rubella syndrome, uh, we need not vaccinate. Millions of children, uh, and certainly not the boys for that matter, because it's just a, a, a female issue. But finally, I mean, is that, you know, once again, you know, as I'm a cardiologist, so let's take a look at aspirin. Is it safer to take four 81 milligram aspirins or four baby aspirins or a 325 full dose aspirin? What's the difference? It's the same thing. It just it's divided into four, you take it once, or you take a big one at once. The same thing with the vaccine. Why divide the NMR into its separate components? Uh, why is that any safer than the combo shot? And the answer is it's not. And Wakefield interviewed just Dozens of families, and I know over his career he's met thousands of families that have been affected by vaccine injury, where the child is normal one day, receives a round of vaccines, and the next day they're changed forever.
1: Hmm. And, Doctor, I, I need to ask you, I need to circle back, because you mentioned that Congress needs to look into the CDC. They need to look into what's going on over there with the vaccines, with, with all of the chaos that's going on, all the questions but that leads me to ask you: Shouldn't the public have access to which companies our politicians and government workers are invested in, who, who they hold stock in, which might, might, maybe, put in in question why they would sponsor a certain bill or vote a certain way on a, on a certain bill in favor of a company, whether it's a an, an oil company or a or a pharmaceutical company?
2: Yeah, certainly, I believe that our elected officials should have to disclose. Uh, you know, you know, financial contributions. Who's contributing to their campaign, uh, and you know, divest themselves of stock or whatever it may be. I mean, I think that would you know definitely play a role. But for example, as the movie point, as the movie Vax points out, uh, uh, director uh, Julia Geberding was the head of the CDC for I don't know six or seven years, uh, and she left the CDC. And then went to a very, I'm sure, high paid position in Merck Pharmaceuticals. Merck manufactures several several vaccines. Mm. So I, I think you know that uh, these the revolving door between uh, corporations and the government and even our educational institutions. It's yeah, it's just a revolving door. And these people at the CDC know once they get into private industry, there is a payday. Uh, uh, waiting ahead
1: it's almost like those it's like those people are interchangeable between the fda and the cdc and and these different pharmaceutical companies and food companies they 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 literally are interchangeable aren't they
2: oh certainly certainly i mean i i mean it, it it occurs all throughout the government hmm.
0: yeah this is uh this is crazy pat do you got any more questions before we move into the uh the holistic doctors I, I actually I have
1: plenty of. Goals. Yeah, I know. I was I, say, I'll we try get... not to drag the doctor along too long. Uh, but here we get into California passing a law and they how many states are going to attempt to pass these laws where they where they mandate that all children have to be vaccinated? Doctor? Mm. This is this is truly scary stuff.
2: Well, I think that all states are going to be trying to go after it in one way or another, that there's grassroots efforts. I don't want to say grassroots, actually, because grassroots implies it's coming from the population. It's clearly not. Uh, But there are people in every state that, that, you know, there are boots on the ground that are supporting the vaccine agenda. And it's two people, number one, people that are directly owned by the pharmaceutical companies, uh, whether it's politicians or lobbyists, people that promote their agenda. Uh, And the other thing is that there are government workers who work for the Department of Health in any particular city, and that's their job. Mm -hmm. Their job uh, solely relies, like a pediatrician, their job is to vaccinate. These people at the Department of Health, what else are they going to do if they're not busy vaccinating our children and promoting the vaccine agenda? So I think there's clearly a lot of people in the camp of trying to make uh, vaccines mandatory in every state and removing the personal belief exemption and the religious exemption. And slowly but surely, they're gonna keep trying to follow California and keep chipping away at the rights of the citizens to make informed medical decisions. And people say, well, you know what, you can always homeschool your kid if you want. Well, they're gonna get rid of homeschooling as they have in, uh, in certain states. Uh, as far as even homeschoolers have to be vaccinated. But I mean, listen, how many people obviously can't homeschool? They can't afford to homeschool. Maybe it's a one uh, uh, income household where, where that person has to work and they can't homeschool. So in, 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 uh, in effect, they are stripping our uh, religious freedoms from us in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And they're stripping the rights to informed consent.
1: This, yeah, that's, it's terrifying stuff. And, um, uh You being a doctor, you're running circles with doctors, and and I'm I'm just trying to get the last few questions in here. I've got a lot more, but I don't want to take this on too long with questions because we do have to move on to uh, the holistic doctors and some of the things that have been going on with them. But what percentage of doctors would you honestly say who do not vaccinate their own children?
2: I can't, I, uh, Pat, I can't give you an exact number, obviously. I mean, right. for obvious reasons, that is truly unknown. But I think it's much more than most people would believe. Hmm. It, it, it definitely is. I and mean, like I said, I know of uh, hundreds of doctors that are either anti vaccine or for, certainly for vaccine freedom of choice. But I, I can imagine, obviously, there's a well educated physicians, and in many circumstances, they're saying, wait a second, why am I going to give my newborn a hepatitis B vaccine? What's the purpose? Or, you know what? I've heard a lot of different things about the HPV vaccine, and I'm concerned about that for my teenage daughter. You know, so I think the doctors, I, we know doctors don't get flu shots. <laughs> um, right. that, that actually is in the literature. So if they're not getting flu shots, why would they be recommending their children get flu shots? They're probably not.
1: Okay, well, the last time I got a flu shot was about 16 years ago, and it was the last time I was violently ill.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I obviously I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time.
1: Okay. Jeffrey, go ahead, buddy.
0: Well, I mean, that's you know, like I said, we could go. I mean, it's such a it's such a heady conversation, and I, you know, what I really would love, I mean, not necessarily you, Doctor Jack, but I, it would be great if it was you, but a pro and con discussion, so it's not necessarily you know one sided per se. Even though I'm feeling all the information you're laying down, my friend, but you know, to have that really, like for a lack of a better term, a debate, so people can have that kind of informed consent, because that does get, like Pat, what you were just mentioning that that law that they did in California. That just really is scary when you talk about the government mandating something, taking the control out of your hands as it relates to your the care of your child. So, um, big conversation. Um, thank you so very much. Obviously, um, moving into now seems like recently, and I've been following you and you have a, your friend uh, Dr. Um, I don't know if she's a doctor or not, Erin Elizabeth um, at Health Nut News. There's been this rash. It seems like, and I'm not using that word dramatically. A rash of. Holistic, do- holistic doctors dying um, under what, for lack of a better term, suspicious circumstances. I mean, we have had dozens, um, almost up to recently two weeks ago,
1: um, 40, April that
0: right? Uh, It has to be. I mean, I haven't put them all together, but we're talking about – well, you might have a better number than me, Dr. Wilson. Uh, We're talking about 20-plus, 30-plus doctors in the last year and a half, two years, dying under suspicious circumstances. What's – okay, and let me preface that, and this might sound a little – you'll understand it, Dr. Wilson, but I'm seeing – some of the reasons as possibly being some of these doctors, if not working together in their own working on the correlation between what we're talking about, vaccines and certain illnesses. And we're also seeing doctors who were working on um, certain cancer, if not treatments slash cures, because some of the what I'm reading is within the vaccines is um, something that they're it's called Nagelis, because um, the body apparently produces this stuff called GCMAF, which produces another thing called microphages, which kills cancer cells from what i understand and the naglis inside the vaccines inhibits the ability of the the gcmaf to do its thing so it sounds like some of these doctors were working on revolutionary new treatments um what do you think thoughts on that all of these you know what are your thoughts on these crazy deaths is it is it just coincidental or is there something going on here
2: well, myself as a holistic physician would like to believe that it's coincidental because uh, that puts uh, you know men and women, doctors, uh, researchers, etc., like myself, uh, certainly at risk. And to think about myself being in harm's way uh, is is certainly is scary uh, at the least. And let me be uh, you know so bold on our show right now to say is that I love life. I love being alive. I love my wife. I love my two boys. Uh, there you go. I plan on being around for a long, long, long time.
0: I say the but, same thing. I put that out there, too, because I know we're dealing with controversial subjects. I'm sure, Pat, you'll echo it. I will never hurt myself more my family. I love life as well. <laughs> just just, just disclaimer, no, putting that out there. I have no desire there you
2: to help. I mean, listen, um, history has been full of the government and corporations doing bad things. So clearly the government is capable of doing some very bad things. And, you know, corporations in the same vein. We've seen that throughout history from dropping atomic bombs on the island of Japan and knowingly killing millions of innocent people there to Vietnam, to the Iraq War. The government is capable of anything. So to think that governments and corporations can be involved in the silencing or in the death of physicians Hmm. who are speaking out against the company line uh, and maybe doing some uh, amazing things with their patients and and revolutionizing healthcare as we know it, to think that some of these people are getting silenced for the benefit of the major pharmaceutical companies and corporations Hmm. around the world is not surprising. And once again, I would hate to think that this is the case, uh-huh. uh, but certainly it's possible. My friend Erin Elizabeth of Health Nut News, she's just kind of been, you know, one of these people who's just been, you know, because mainstream media is not reporting it, so no. you have to go uh, other sources. And Erin is uh, Aaron Elizabeth, of course, she's the the uh, girlfriend of Doctor Joe Mercola, so she's pretty dialed in. Uh, Mercola's got millions of followers. He's been around on the internet as a as a you know, source of natural health for for 20 years. So when it comes to these two, uh, you know, once again, I I think that there is definitely you know where there's smoke, there's there's fire. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know because if you and if you you know read some of the reports, uh, the doctors that are uh, mysteriously dying, they were very healthy, yeah. uh, they were exercising, they were eating good food, and then all of a sudden they died. So. It's um yeah, uh, it I'd was, spoken I spoke to Pat was,
0: earlier uh, one of the more recent ones is a former marine I uh, think he was a cancer researcher he wrote, drew, uh, wrote ran this particular trail all the time and 200 yards down the hill was a river but he suppo- they say he supposedly rolled down the river and 200 yards I mean it's just it was absurd but yeah, like you said a lot of these people are very healthy um if you ask their friends and and family members it's like well, this is completely No, he didn't murder his whole family. No, he didn't hang himself. No, he didn't shoot himself in the chest as he was on his way to a romantic dinner with his wife. I'm like, some of these scenarios are so absurd. Um, And you're absolutely right. There's historical precedent for all of this. Um, And and you're right. You you start speaking truth to power, and it's a very dangerous thing. What's the end game? The numbers, it seems like. It's so crazy anymore. We're talking dozens in the last year and a half. Why seem like – why the – I don't know why so many numbers in such short period of time. Would you think, do you think something, I don't know. What, what, what do you think?
2: I, you know, uh, once again, maybe it's some of my, you know, maybe it's just me being naive and I, and I, and I'm, I'm afraid to think the worst in this scenario. think that these physicians are being targeted uh, for this, but you know, once again, it's certainly possible. Uh, I think every person, every physician needs to uh, be concerned and to protect themselves I think that we can never stop telling the truth. We can never stand down. The truth must be known. We're doing it for our children and for our children's children. We're trying to save the world here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we, we can't be silenced, and we're not going to be.
1: You know, when, when we consider these doctors that have, have died mysterious deaths, you yourself, I mean, I've, I've listened to many interviews with you. I've, I've listened to you debate other doctors I've listened to the media attack you. I've, I've seen them write really slanted pieces on the whole issue. They they misquote you on purpose. They take bits and pieces. And an investigation that was completely dismissed on you. A lot of other things that have gone on, along with the media, just the media covering for these people, in my mind, where you've got people like Melissa Harris-Perry, who was let go of MSNBC because I, I personally think she's a moonbat. But she got she got to the point where she was saying that our children weren't even ours, that they belonged to the state. And this is the type of mentality in our media now, along with the attacks on the doctors. Do you think with the media being involved and everything else, but the, the attacks on you, you know, do you perceive those as a, a message being sent to you before anything else happens? And, and honestly, on top of that, do you have good protection detail? And if you don't, I know some really good people.
2: Well, you know, unfortunately, in Arizona, uh, it's one of those, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's, we're very um, liberal out here when it comes to uh, gun owners' rights. Uh, but uh, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I'm a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a former marine, you know. So if, if, if somebody wants me uh, erased from the planet, uh, they can probably hire someone to get rid of me pretty easily. Uh, but that being said. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about a comment like that, that our children belong to the state. Where are we in Russia? Mm -hmm. Are we in communism? Are we in Nazi Germany? Where are we? I mean, think about that. that is that is the scariest comment I could ever hear anyone make. You know, and they'll make and and, you know, it's okay to feed your kid uh, junk food and fast food and load them up with artificial sweeteners and artificial colors and other things that are known to cause cancer Uh, that you you can do that. If you're a parent, you can you can not breastfeed your child. You can stick your child in a room to let them cry it out. You can do all that. But heaven forbid you, uh, you know, you choose not to vaccinate, then you're a bad parent. That's that's their, their rationale. That is companies that are owned by the corporations of America. And the people that make those comments, you know, that the children belong to the state, I can't imagine that they're parents themselves.
1: That's Yeah, that's a good point. And, and something that, you know, and Jeff, Jeff knows all about this. Jeffrey is well aware of my health issues that I suffered for a good 15 years where I, I couldn't lose weight. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had uh, three forms of arthritis come to find out, digestive issues, respiratory issues, um and it was really really severe and come to find out that um a good friend of mine who did blood tests on me told me you've got to stop eating uh, wheat and soy or you're you're going to be dead it's it's going to kill you you're going to have a heart attack within five years probably and a week after i stopped eating those those types of foods everything cleared up my respiratory started getting better it's still it's still healing but my arthritis disappeared i can literally do anything and i thought as a professional athlete it was damaged that i had received as an athlete so it really hits home now with the vaccines the foods just the the toxins and everything else and, and the way things are are being created now this is this stuff is for real this stuff is for real because i i felt the effects of it for 15 years well let me tell you this is that it's real
2: simple when it comes to what causes disease two things poor nutrition and environmental pollutants It's real simple, and if they would have told us that in the first day of medical school, Mm -hmm. it would have been just brilliant instead of making us memorize 20 different skin lesions and 30 different causes of cancer, you know, on and on and on. It's all poor nutrition and environmental pollutants. So if you Mm -hmm. eat the right foods, which to me is organic, responsible paleo foods, if you avoid the environmental toxins as much as possible, you're giving the body the best chance to succeed.
1: Right, and there seems like a huge movement now. For people to just grow their own food, they're just they're done buying the garbage that's being mm. sold to us, and they're just starting their own gardens. I know Jeffrey, you've you've got your own garden, correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Doctor, well, you so, grow your own and, food but, also?
2: Yeah, I mean we we you know we got uh, you know a small garden, and, and uh, you know we're growing uh, tomatoes right now, and we're growing cucumbers. We do a lot of herbs in our garden, and you're right, an herb garden is just the most simple thing. And, and thyme, and rosemary, and oregano, uh, different mints. Those things are so medicinal. Oh yeah. That the topic of the whole another show. I could sit there and talk about you know the the health values of, of your spice drawer. You know, so take out your grass fed uh, ground beef and just take out your spices and just throw them into the food. Those are medicinal. I'm gonna hold you to that,
0: Doc. I'm gonna hold you to that. We're gonna do that because I'm a big fan of of you know Hippocrates. You know, you are what you eat. Tied up. You know, let food be thy medicine and medicine by the be thy food. I'm gonna hold you to that one.
2: It's simple, it's simple, guys this, these people were right two thousand years ago. It, it just it 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 just makes sense.
0: no, it absolutely does, it absolutely does, and I you know I'm, like i said i'm a, I'm a big fan of it, and it's really it's really about quality of life, and like Pat said, you know people are getting more educated on you know the gardening and quality of food and even even the vaccine conversation and I hope this this conversation here helps you know lend itself to a larger, more informative conversation and um I am pretty much wind up, Pat, do you have anything more for uh, Dr. Jack Wilson?
1: Doctor this leads me to ask you what it seems like more and more people are are becoming educated about not only the vaccine issues but with food the, the modified grains things like this a good friend of mine who's a chiropractor here in Iowa my home state wrote a letter to Joni Ernst who was just recently elected as a senator for the United States or from for, from my home state of Iowa he wrote her a letter and said he wants to see labeling on our food recognizing which which foods are genetically modified and which ones aren't and her her letter back to him was was so pathetic and, and so much defense of of maybe big food big food companies that it just said that that it would be too expensive for food companies to add those few words on their labeling to change it up from state to state when she's a, actually a U.S. senator when they should be passing a law that covers all states saying you know what tell tell the people what they're eating tell them what they're eating and, and it, it's just pathetic to see what our politicians are doing at what point do we get to a tipping point where there's so many people that are educated about these things that put so much pressure on their politicians that things will actually change.
2: Well, I think that, you know, is is a tough issue. Yes, we all need to contact our politicians, our state politicians, our federal politicians and let them know what our opinions are and it's difficult to do nobody wants to take time out to do it and we feel that it can be a futile effort to uh emails and write letters and have phone calls or in person meetings my wife and and I have had an in person meeting with uh you know with our local representative to talk about Arizona vaccine legislation and th- that's really i guess all we can do at this point uh, to, to try and make a difference, but you're right, back in Iowa, you know that's the home of Tom Bilsack, and here's somebody who goes you know from from government into you know food industry and back into government. Uh, it's just a revolving door. And you know people have said, well yeah, it'll be more expensive if you label it. Well, we labeled, we put labels on our food uh, to talk about the nutritional facts. And people said the same thing at that time. Well, if you make these companies put nutritional facts like the amount of fat protein, carbs, sugar, salt on their labels. They're going to have to raise the prices. So you know what? Raise the prices by a nickel and let me know that if there's GMOs in my food. Now me personally, I eat 100% organic. So for me, I don't really care if they label it or not. I think for for in general they need to label it, but I think that everybody has to eat organic and that's how we're going to vote. We're going to vote with our with our pocketbooks and we're going to mm-hmm. do it organically. And that's that's palatable. For most people, most people, if they really look into it and they cut out the other garbage in their lives, they can afford to eat organic when they, the first thing they do, the first budget that they put in there is paying for their organic food. Everything else comes second. Live in a cheaper house, drive a cheaper car, stop drinking coffee, stop drinking wine every night. Stop going you mean, on, on, on. You mean occasions. cigarettes
1: have to? You mean cigarettes have to move down the list, doctor?
2: <laughs> Not just cigarettes down the list, and, and and feed yourself and your family first. There's nothing more important than that.
0: Amen, right, right. brother. Good point. Amen. <laughs> hey Couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. You are what Thank you, you eat. You are what you eat. Well, Doctor Jack, I think uh, Pat, are we? You about done there, buddy?
1: I'm great. I, I have uh, a lot to chew on here, a lot of knowledge. Thank you for your time, Doctor, today. It's been been a great education.
0: Yeah, very It's been informative. fantastic to talk to you all. You well. Yeah, and I definitely want to get you on, Dr. Jack, because I'm, I'm a big fan of just, like, getting my, like you said, my spice rack in order, my, my food in order, just to know, you know, because like you said, there is so much medicinal qualities in all those spices and stuff, and it has been has been for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, so um, definitely want to top, pick your brain on that. But other than that, I will post um, a link to, you know, the Paleo Cardiologist book, your website, just so people can kind of follow you, maybe on Twitter or, you know, whatever you got going on. Um, can't thank you enough for your time, my friend. I definitely appreciate it.
2: No, my, my pleasure. Our, you know, on social media, Facebook, etc., where we're the Doctors Wolfson with DRS, uh, abbreviated. That's our website, the com. And back to the spice issue, just real quick, until our next conversation, yeah. just throw as many spices as you want into your food. Keep it simple.
1: There you go. Awesome. Thank you, doctor.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Dr. Jack Wolfson. He is the author of The Paleo Cardiologist. Until next time, folks, we'll have more.